All right, well, I'm worried about what you're going to say about Chapter 3 here. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's jump into it. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, I, 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 I talked to... This is the chapter that, like, people who don't love this book will be like, that's fucking... The, the like, retreat or whatever that bullshit was, uh, that, that this is what they'll point to as, like, just some slog of a chapter. Um, oh. Usually, I think, in my experience, like people who uh, were not raised in a church or the church or something, mm-hmm. um, for whom it's just like uh, turgid words of like child abuse, <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or at least like you like just get on with all this like hell talk, you know. Um, if you neither believe in hell nor were, you know, ever, like, exposed to that experience as a 15-year-old or 14-year-old or whatever, um, I think it can be, or I don't think, I know that it can be just, like, a, a hard to get through, um, regardless of, like, you know, the, the, the literary skill of its presentation. Because, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I do think it's, it, it's you know, uh, it's not not like going out on the limb, but yeah, I think I think it, it you know it's perfect for what it, or it, it's very good for what it is. Um, that de- you know depiction of uh, adolescent or post you know puberty boys going through puberty, kids going through puberty, um, and being you know threatened with with dogma at just the right moment. Um, speaking as somebody who was raised in a church. Um, yeah, I do, I, I do think it is an expertly drawn portrait of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I just wanted to make that note. I mean, I, I don't find, I, I didn't find it boring myself, but I wanted to make that note that I sent you uh, just to talk about, because I, I think that's a good place to, to keep, or a good thing to keep in mind. And um, for those of you whom I don't text, uh, on one of the pages, I can't even actually find it now. Uh, <clears throat> like two thirds of the way in, when when it's just like blocks of of the the guy talking. Yeah, exactly. The, the, talking. the pastor, the priest guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the bottom, I wrote boring. Then uh, all caps. Right. Boring. Um, <laughs> that's how that's supposed to be read. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that was, I guess, kind of the, the thing I was thinking throughout. Cause I, I mean, having read this, you know, when I was 14 or 15, it, 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 it hit real different. <laughs> I remember having like a, like a whole spasm, a, 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 an evening of penitence after reading that chapter. Hmm. Um, well, I was going to ask you, the reverse might be true where it might appeal more to religious people who sympathize with oh, the yeah, message. Totally. Okay, because I was going to say, you know, it was very powerfully drawn, and it shows his his uh, uh, complete understanding of of that point of view. Oh yeah, uh, like a mastery I of mean, of yeah, delivery he, and everything. It's very convincing yeah. inside of itself. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that you had that experience um, when you were that that age. Um, Definitely yeah, like, very all, all persuasive. And, and just like that, that experience. Yeah, exactly. And um, because it's Catholic, I think it yeah, has... I mean, that is, that is like a typical experience for... I, I think that's a pretty typical, like, experience if you're, you know, like a, in your early teen years in a church. Yeah. Um, they'll just <clears throat> throw, throw you into you know, some kind of, like, retreat experience, whether it's, mm. you know, an afternoon or, like, a whole week or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and right as you're like beginning to want to commit like real sins, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that's true. That, that's and and, and I, I mean there there is like a I think a trope in like like Christianity in general. I don't know about uh, others, but like of like just yeah going to a retreat and having like a retreat experience and then just going back to your regular life and it's like it's just like simmers down or it fades out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, I think there is a merit, at least to the fact that he was Catholic, because there's a logic and a definition to what he's talking about that you can point to a catechism, which I'm sure is uh, logical, at least, oh, yeah. uh, on 
on paper, you know, the way that they define and yeah. reason things out. In, in, internally logical. Yeah, yeah. so that's there, I mean, very obvious that he knew all that, all the definitions and reasonings yeah. and everything. And that, that's better than just random emotional stuff. You know? and Aquinas and... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they quote a lot of saints. From uh, what's-his-face, uh, Newman. Um, um, and yeah, they quote a couple of saints. There's doctors. Francis, Francis yeah. Xavier. Right. Well, I mean, it's all for, or it's all in honor of uh, Francis Xavier. So this is an interesting turn in the book because you wouldn't have expected it. You have to remember, I've only read the, the three chapters. So it's kind of a, okay, um, yeah. it's kind of something that was unanticipated on my end because you would have expected, I think, after okay. the prostitution experience that it would devolve further and further into, further. yeah, into becoming a rebel, you know? So this, this is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we get a couple pages of that. We do. Yeah. We get a couple pages of him explaining, I guess, his feelings about ex- experiencing all this the sin. Error, the cold, indifferent knowledge of himself. A cold, lucid indifference uh, reigned in his soul. Yeah. Yeah. That phrasing kind of repeats. I also underlined it was his uh, own soul going forth to experience, unfolding itself sin by sin. Yeah. Spreading abroad the bale fire of its burning stars and folding back upon itself, fading slowly, quenching its own lights and fires. They were quenched and the cold darkness filled chaos. Um, yeah, that... that uh, a lot of those words are kind of <clears throat> resonant for those first few pages, like cold, darkness, mm-hmm. chaos. Uh, he has pride all in his own sin. His, his pride in his, his own sin. Pride, a certain all withheld him from offering to God even one prayer at night. Right. His great pride in his own sin, his loveless awe of God. I thought that was an interesting honesty because, it, you know, if, if, if mm-hmm. the book turns out where he turns back to being rebellious against the church he's admitting i may maybe maybe he's just using the terms inside of that system but he's admitting a grieve a, a mm. fault isn't he i mean he's saying a mortal sin yeah he's too well he's saying he's too proud and he also looks down on the people around mm. him and you know it also caused him to be gluttonous like yeah. it led him down a path of Oh, I found a quote that may be applicable. The swamp of spiritual and bodily sloth in which he his whole being had sunk. Um, you know, I, he he can also you you can know that you're you're doing something very pleasurable, but feel something very wrong about it. You know, or a dragging yeah, on on your soul uh, when you're you know a fifteen year old Catholic. You think it goes back to that fifteen year old believer? Yeah. Yeah, it's a different feeling. It's a different um, heightened, I think, sense of it when you're that young because you you just haven't lived through mm-hmm. it. But um, but yeah, no. But I don't think it's necessarily, you know, exclusive. Like if you read this chapter, I think you can. Well, I guess everybody grew up though. I was going to say you can understand what he's saying. Um, yeah. But but anyway, he feels he does seem to feel a. A spiraling out of control, almost. I, I'm not saying that it's right yeah, or wrong. It's not like, um, yeah, it's not like his 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 faith just like dissipates or something. He's still like very. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a certain awe of God. He he hasn't like yeah, just okay. Um, kind of grown out of faith or something. And interestingly, which um, I would like to understand in, in relation to rules. Interestingly, too. Uh, which I would like to understand better. I wish I, I almost wish I had been raised Catholic, I guess. But he he has this awe of Mary in a different way from Jesus and God, where mm-hmm. it's almost like the the ideas or the emblems, the imagery of Mary. If ever he was impelled to cast sin from him and to repent, the impulse to move him was the wish to be her knight. That was almost. I thought of G.K. Chesterton when I read that. You know, that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, it's kind of like, uh, romantic faith, capital R. Yeah. Like it makes romance. you, it makes you want to be, yeah, it kind of turns it on its head and makes you want to be, um, 
uh, well, make, makes it sound interesting to be religious, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, um, as like an adventurousness, not yeah, but, like a... Yeah, as an adventurousness, right? Not as a boring... Borrowed. Right. Dogma. Um, I, I'm trying to yeah. say, I guess, that Mary was sort of an intercessor, I guess, in in their point of view. Well, uh, I mean, and, and, and given... I mean, specifically has... I mean, yeah, it, it, Mary has a lot of, you know, important plays in the in the Catholic Church. I mean, there's there's kind of a female vacuum in the Catholic cosmos without her. Mm, um, or that's I think a good point. female vacuum in the Protestant cosmos without her. Because uh, they yeah. still won't. <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't, like, really replaced that with, like, a, a different energy. Um, but also specifically for his sin of, you know, uh, impurity with prostitutes. Um, yeah, the, the kind of uh, Madonna versus core di- dichotomy um, would especially, I think, be resonant for him. Um, these women, he doesn't even know if they're married or have children or whatever. Um, just these bespeckled, uh, painted women on the, on the street versus the, the pure light of Mother Mary. Yeah, and a lot of the chapter talks about his innocence. I'm kind of skipping ahead, and we can go back. Mm-hmm. But on page my page yeah. 124... Well, I, mean, I, I think we kind of... We uh, yeah, we, we, we spent enough time with sinful Stephen. But that's um, the whole thing. Hold on. We haven't spent enough time. What do you mean? Oh, I, I just... Oh, you mean, like, moving on to the, like the sermon? Pages. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before the first, like, line break. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, the whole chapter, yeah. Uh, all right, there's a line where he says that his brute-like lust, brute-like lust had torn and trampled upon her innocence. The mm-hmm. image of his, I think this is his childhood girlfriend, Emma. Emma, yeah. His monstrous dreams. Oh, I love this paragraph because he talks about the foul long letters he had written in the joy of guilty confession and carried secretly right. for days and days only to throw them under cover of night among the grass in the corner of a field or beneath some hingeless door or in some niche in the hedges it never stops where a girl might come upon them as she walked by and read them secretly god yeah. there's so many interesting uh images in this chapter that are just sort of inserted and they just come off to me as very off the wall, you know, that was one of them where I was like, what the hell? And, you know, it was very odd, but I'm... <laughs> very, very much lived in, that is not, like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that was obviously something like, he did. Yeah, that's... But that's it's so little, striking. Little yeah. Um, and the other one, which I think we'll get yeah, to... It's always, like, focused on, on individuals, it's focused on the... the... And, I mean, he, he, he kind of is imagining... Her, I mean, there's, there's like a connection between her and the Blessed Virgin, um, where like uh, in in that same part you were talking about, God and the Blessed Virgin were too far from him. God was too great and stern, and the Blessed Virgin too pure and holy. But he imagined that he stood near Emma in a wide land and humbly and in tears bent and kissed the elbow of her sleeve. Mm. So yeah, um, as like a like a you know like a a substitute for a substitute at that point, a substitute for an intercessor. Well, it's interesting because it's kind of like, I, I don't know, I think about it kind of like this, whereas the the path of being a good Catholic or a good Christian person who believes in the, the stuff and follows it, that wor- actually does work out. I mean, if it works out and you meet someone when you're 15 or whatever and you fall in love, okay, and you get married and you've never had sex... And and you have a great life. Like, that's very possible. But that's extremely unlikely. It's very difficult that that would be achieved, you know? And so, But you see in him that he wants it. You know what I mean? Like, inside of him as a human, he has a longing for something that he hasn't been able to achieve yet. Because it's just, it's kind of like an unlikely event. That you're going to be able to fall in love with yeah. Emma. She's going to fall in love with you. And you're pure and everything. And, um... So it's like he's on a parallel path, but he sees what he wants, but he also knows what yeah, I mean, there's, he there's, wants the there's other way. There's a lot of ambivalence. There's a lot of, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, his, his, his bestial longings that he's saddled with wouldn't be as interesting if not for, you know, his 
chivalric longing, um, mm-hmm. which is a term he uses in connection, in, in direct connection to her. Um, something about like boy, is this boyish love? Is this chivalric love? I, I, I can't find the exact line I want. Um, but yeah, yeah, this whole chapter is, is, is just, it's a land of contrasts as, <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't read. Let me let me read it. Again. I'll read a sentence about Emma again because that's where it is. Um, he says the image of Emma appeared before him, and under her eyes, the flood of shame rushed forth anew from his heart. If she knew mm. to what his mind had subjected mm. her, or how his brute-like lust had torn and trampled upon her innocence, was that boyish love? Was that chivalry? Was that poetry? <laughs> uh, the sordid details yeah. of his orgy stank under his very nostrils. <laughs> His orgies. He's probably jerking off. Like, I mean, that's the joke of 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 of, of that paragraph. Is he's just like jerking off. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, I we don't need to have a debate about whether or not jerking off is fine, but it's fucking fine. Like, it's great. It's something. I mean, the idea of telling a fifteen-year-old boy not to jerk off is just that you're asking for trouble and mm-hmm. serial killers and shit. Yeah, it's a difficult. It's a difficult <laughs> I mean, time. Well, you have to admit, though, Nash. You have to admit. You should be encouraged. And I don't even disagree. Maybe, but but I think you have to admit, though, if you are a pastor, that is a difficult time to pastor a young boy. Right. I mean, I'm mean, obviously you don't agree I mean, with the be, premise. It'd be less difficult if they didn't have such cuckoo <laughs> bananas sexual affects. Okay. I mean, it'd All right. Be easier if it was just like, yeah, you can you can jerk off. <laughs> like that's good. <laughs> you won't go insane if you jerk off. But you don't, Nash. You know, you don't go into the ministry with those, you know, with that premise. So I, 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 I agree that that there should. I don't know. It's it's just a difficult time, I think, to to uh, navigate for everybody involved. You know, I wouldn't want to minister I mean, to fifteen. And, and, and the idea of having your pastor tell you that you should jerk off would probably be reverse psychology and actually make you like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> it's just like ruin it completely. Um, if some like eighty-two-year-old spectacled. Well, what's difficult? Man. What's difficult to explain though to a child about everything? I think is it's gonna be okay. Like there's, it, you're, it, it's such a big deal to children in a different way than it is to adults. So everything is like that. It's difficult to explain that until they live through uh, young adulthood, right? I, I think, I imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, if I could go back and tell myself when I was that. young, I would say, look. Don't worry about what people think about you. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like it, 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 it has no bearing on your life. But when you're in elementary school, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, uh, that's a concept that's foreign to you because all you know is your progression through life with your peers. I mean, so every year is a sixth of your life or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what I think, I think is important think to explain. That, that that's what I would have told Stephen. Kind of gets expanded and gets. Uh, Joyce plays with that. There's like this, um, directly after what we were talking about, there's this kind of repeated, almost like catastrophic imagination going on. Oh, that's a good way of um, saying it. Rain was falling on the chapel, on the garden, on the college. It would fall forever. <laughs> Sorry, it would rain forever, noiselessly. The water would rise inch by inch, covering the grass and shrubs, covering the trees and houses, covering the monuments and the mountaintops. All life would be choked off noiselessly. So yeah, it's 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 not just oh I'm I don't know what this is you know I'm going crazy. This is the you know uh, first stirrings of of, of like manly uh, sexual appetite within me. Um, it's <laughs> this is the end of the world. This yeah, flood is upon us. Well, um, and I I don't know if. Uh, don't let me forget, at least, to talk about when he goes up to dinner and he has his his uh, vivid imagination about what hell looks like. That was so creepy. Oh, yeah. My There's God. a dream of hell. Yeah. Um, you know, that's another example of a catastrophic imagination, obviously inspired by the pastor, which I guess we should talk about. Right. Uh, because the pastor yeah. is very effective, and yeah. I I did actually I did enjoy reading it because again maybe it's because I wasn't Catholic, so it it was interesting to see the reasoning behind everything. Like every single thing had a um, a definition, a reference, you know, a historical 
uh, guy to talk about. Yeah, who, Catherine of Siena has won solo double, and you know, yeah, some church father was allowed a vision of <clears throat> of hell stuff like that. Saint Augustine points out, and Thomas Aquinas, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, you yeah, know, that kind of. He could have written this, like, this could have been C.S. Lewis writing it, basically, is what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, we said, I think maybe in, in the context of Dubliners, but yeah, we've definitely said that uh, Joyce um, uh, had later in his life, or yeah, I mean, when he's writing this, um, and, you know, by the time he's left Ireland, he has a uh, angst the church and he always um not only did he hate past or he not only did he hate priests catholic priests um but he was always like let down if other people didn't hate them like nora his wife um they walked by a, a, a priest once when he was like 28 or something and he didn't they walked, he was like, holding his nose and they finally got far enough away for him to like breathe and he was like oh my god didn't you hate that and she's like what what, what happened i don't that priest is like, oh, yeah. Do, so, does it go back? If, if actually, <laughs> he wrote a letter to her after that, saying, "You, you hurt my feelings by not hating that priest." Um, but yeah, he hated priests, but he that was based in some extensive experience. Okay, um, with both Catholic education and just being a Catholic. Well, let me go back to way before. The pastor, because the line struck out to me when he talks about when he's still inside of his sin and he's not repenting yet. Mm-hmm. He says that basically he condescends. What's the, I don't want to say condescends. He, um, I don't know. Anyway, the the line is their dull piety and sickly smell of the cheap hair oil from Ooh. which they had anointed their heads repelled him from the altar they prayed at. He stooped to the evil yeah. of hypocrisy with others, skeptical of their innocence, which he did cajole so easily. Right, that's when he's like pretending he can. He's like sitting in some place of honor, the head of the sodality of the Blessed Virgin, um, assuming actorally like, uh, their 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 innocence. They're at least like churchly. Do you think? Do you think it goes back? To, well, I guess, like you said, extensive experience. It's probably hard to boil it down why he hated priests. But um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know the hypocrisy yeah, stood a, out, and a question with many answers. Okay, all with right. a very long answer. All right, good. That's better than that's better than what I was thinking in my head because I, I guess the word hypocrisy stood oh. out and the dull piety um, of that line. There's there's no there's no uh, at least knowledge. There, I mean I I've never heard any accusations uh, in relation to James Joyce about like sexual abuse but uh i think it's just general catholicism that threw him off eventually okay cool 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 um so what do you want to do what do you want to do with the priest that's a good point i i I, yeah all the all the all the all the priests in his life were you know they didn't as as upright sexually as as we can verify. Okay. Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, how do you want to go out what the priest says? Because it's pretty extensive. Um, most interesting about it, yeah. I think, is the actual description of hell, which, again, very explicit, very specific. Um, right, which... Which I never got as a kid. I, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like hell is never really described in the Bible that much. No, not that I know of. I'm sure that comes, but I'm sure all this comes from the catechism, right? And one of so he mentioned the one like church father who had a vision of hell. Yeah, right, and that he couldn't remember the name or something. Um, and I I think that's because. So 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 I'm not wrong in remembering that the Bible like. I don't think it even mentions hell. Hell, yeah, or yeah, oh, really? 
I, I don't think so, but I don't, I don't know. Remember, I couldn't think of any time Jesus talks about it ever. Well, he says like, "What's that word?" Will be with me in the house of heaven. Yeah, um, I remember well, one parable about Hades, but I don't know. You know, I the King James translation is what sticks in my head. I remember Hades, but yeah, in terms of uh, explicit discussion about heaven and hell, that does not occur. That's that's a conjecture. A lot of this is Catholic tradition. I would say it's yeah, it's it's tradition. I guess uh, from whatever yeah. whatever um, theology they have is yeah. what I imagine. Okay. The specifics certainly. I've never. There's no specifics like saying and, and this, sulfur. You know, from my experience with post Catholics, <laughs> people who were raised Catholic and are not anymore, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of like fearful recounting of exactly every you know thing um there's there's also they uh, a tradition of like when you're 13 when you're getting um confirmed yeah of like going in in insanely gruesome sadomasochistic detail about like the torture of jesus that's a that's a famous thing that at least happens in american catholicism i obviously don't know do you mean discussing it people who are no i mean like bringing in whips and like nails and like uh having them carry a physical replica of the cross oh wow like the you know 20 foot tall cross or whatever Hmm. um while you know (laughs) discussing it but like uh bringing in a whip and whipping and you can like hear you know so like the kind of whip that the roman would have been using uh, you can hear the impact of the, you know, the the, the nine tails or whatever is on the edge. Um, so yeah, the, this is like even what we see is pretty stark. But he's just talking. <laughs> this is like uh, not even like the worst. This is not even like the most. Uh, yeah, not even the the most stark I have heard of. Interesting. Well, I will say yeah, uh, again. I I found him. I found the I found the pastor persuasive. Like in terms of if you were sitting there trying to persuade people, um, you know. Oh yeah. I, I think I think he did a good job. Oh no, I'm sure. Other than like a um, preternaturally distanced, ironic person like Heron, whom we see is like not. Not bothered at all. <laughs> Wasn't he joking by the Not window? Super bothered. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm feeling real blue. Um, but yeah, you can that is funny. Probably <laughs> damn effective on like ninety-two percent of the people there. Um, yeah, and as we as we know, I, I guess we made it clear it was effective on Stephen, which uh, again surprised me. Uh-huh. Um, as the novel progressed, I did not expect that uh, to be the next uh, to be the next progression. Yeah, push pull. Yep. Uh, yeah. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. Let's talk about his... He can't even at the end... Or, I, I was going straight to the... No, please the go ahead. Where he, Stephen, his, his tongue cleaving to his palate, bowed his head, praying with his heart, the... the what do you call it? The contratory? Patritior? I don't know. He, the yeah, the he prayer. say the words of he's the... Just, oh yeah, he's saying God, in his head. I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't even say it. He's just uh, praying with his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet he's so struck um, that his, his tongue is cleaving to his power, as I said. What was that short story where the guy goes back to his house and he's sort of... Uh, the little cloud, maybe, where he had, he met his friend. Is that the one? Mm. And he goes back to his apartment kind yeah, of dazed. Yeah, successful London friend. Um yeah. Interesting, because he goes up to his room, sort of dazed, I guess, after this event right. where the pastor describes hell very, very well, <laughs> very, very detailed, yeah. goes through everything you're going to experience, wow. like you're going to experience all the pain ever known to man at the same time forever. And then he explains <laughs> how forever is going to be, you know, and he and explains... I, one of my favorites was uh, the memory, like you're going to remember your pleasure, but you can't have the pleasure... And that's going to be tough, but you know, not as tough as the the melting eyes, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, and also, fire yeah. is dark in hell, and not not light, bright, which mm-hmm. is the opposite of a lot of imagery. And it doesn't 
burn or it burns but it doesn't consume you no it's like a preserving fire yeah it was it was pretty terrifying the inversion of purgatory slot fires i think they don't consume i (laughs) the fuck am i talking about um but i think purgatorial fires uh are (laughs) i have no idea but like you know the opposite they're just pure light okay um, and they don't like consume me i don't know I don't either. <laughs> I, I well, isn't purgatory a jail? That's what he refers to it as. It's more like a, like a jail kind of. Th- I don't know about the fire, but we got to get a Catholic on the line. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we got to call Chase. We need Chase. Chase is gonna reread this too. Hey, I love I. We both we both like Chase, but I went over to his house, uh, his new house. He got a new house, and I was struck by a new new house. Yeah, I, I, I guess I think he kept the old one. Um, I was, this is sort of, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I was struck by the imagery in his house. It was very, very religious. And I don't remember that from his previous, well, I lived with them. I guess he just never decorated or something, but I walk in and there's like a statue and there's like a picture. And then I walk by in the back, there's like a statue and a picture in the garden. There's a statue. I'm like, Oh my God. I said, Chase, what is going on? Like, He's like, I just, I just like it. I don't... just didn't have a lot of surfaces. Because I remember his, his old house, the one I saw, was, like, pretty open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went there together one there time. might have been a crucifix. Maybe. But, yeah, I, I don't think there were a lot of... I just don't think there were a lot of places. All right, we got to move on, because I can't yeah, cut that out, really. I got... That's fair, because a lot of the um, more devoted Catholics, like my friends who... Uh, uh, I have another, yeah, another friend who's super Catholic. She, uh, just like in the background of pictures of her kids, there's, you know, there's always like the Blessed Virgin and like by her bed, there's like, uh, she has prayer cards framed and stuff. Um, so there's little, little, uh, the imagery and emblems are, yeah. News a lot. Just to take the quotes even. Yeah, the, uh, but yeah, those are big, um, those physical, manifestations of faith or physical uh tokens i say um i don't know why i said that but anyway going going on he goes up to his room extremely moved and upset by the definition uh, by the description of hell so Mm -hmm. i want to talk about the the vision he has okay i want to read a lot of it because it's um so he can barely go into his room he's so afraid he throws up he throws up and die (laughs) yeah I felt so bad. I really wanted to hug him. I really wanted to give him a hug. Like, it was sad. It's horrible. Um, Anyway, so the the image that he has of hell, apparently. Creatures were in the field. One, three, six. Creatures were moving in the field, hither and thither. Goatish creatures with human faces. Horny-browed, lightly bearded, and gray as India rubber. The malice of evil glittered in their hard eyes as they moved hither and thither, trailing their long tails behind them. A rictus of cruel malignity lit up grayly their old bony faces. One was clasping about his ribs a a torn flannel waistcoat. Another complained monotonously as his beard stuck in the tuffeted weeds. Soft language issued from their spitless lips as they swished in slow circles round and round the field, winding hither and thither through the weeds, dragging their long tails amid the rattling canisters. They moved in slow circles, circling closer and closer to enclose to enclose. Soft language issuing from their lips, their long swishing tails besmeared with stale shite, thrusting upwards their terrific faces. Help! And the next line is, help! Help! (laughs) And that wakes them up, uh... Some kind of like the opposite vision. Remember the Emma vision is standing in like a a hallway, right? Field and endless. Oh, wasn't that like a field? Well, okay, there were. I I remember a hallway, but yeah, no, that was a guy. The guy, the guy had a hallway. Okay. I don't remember his name. I was talking about like him kissing Emma when he says. Yeah, you're talking about yeah. when he says that he stood near Emma in a wide land and Hubbly and tears bent and kissed land. the elbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's these uh, weird images. Yeah. But, yeah, man, that is... Um, that wide land is suddenly enclosed and circling you and, yeah, uh, bes- bes- or besheeted upon. 
He sprang from the bed, the reeking odor pouring down his throat, clogging and revolting his entrails. Air, the air of heaven, he stumbled towards the window, groaning and almost fainting with sickness. Oh, man, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he vomited profusely in agony. All right, let's talk about when he goes, because I want to hear your, your, your point of view on this, because... I, I can understand why you're you're less sympathetic to the uh, the Catholic point of view here than I would be. You know, I, I agree with you about it's it's punishing to a little boy to say all those things that are so harsh about what's so natural, you know. But yeah. what the what the priest says is you cannot know I'm on page one fifty six. Basically he goes and he confesses, okay, which is, is it helps him relieve his, his burden there. It's hard for him to <clears throat> He's thinking at any every moment, like, I could just leave. I, could I didn't lie. think he would. I did not um, think he would confess. Uh, uh, so, yeah. yet again, the chapter it surprised kinda me. It's like when he went to talk to the director. Yeah, yeah, line, that's true. To the last second, he's sure he's not going to do it. He's a brave guy. Thinking about not doing it. Um, yeah. So, the priest is kind of saying, well, first of all, it's a sin. That, so, that's problem number one. But secondly, you cannot know where that wretched habit will lead you or where it will come against you. And, you know, what do you think about that? Because that, that is true about most habits that get out of control, you know. I mean, that's a good reason, right? To, that's a good counsel to a little boy. A good reason to do what? Well, to counsel him uh, not to go to prostitute. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, my opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm just, do you, find, do you find that cruel? Or do you, what do you, I'm just asking, does that not sound reasonable? Like, in other words, they weren't being mean to him. When he confessed, the priest wasn't mean. No, I don't think particularly, yeah, that, that, that isn't like a, I mean, and it's probably good advice to not see prostitutes. Okay, okay. Unregulated. I'm not asking if you think it's good advice. I don't know. I'm saying that it was kind of a nice event when he confessed. It it wasn't. to defend the Catholicism (laughs) because one fictional character says to another. Never mind, never mind. (laughs) Um. All right, I mean, you probably wouldn't need to go to prostitutes all the time if they just like let him jerk off. <laughs> um, his sins trickled from his lips one by one, trickled in a shame in shameful drops from his soul, festering and oozing like a sore. You know, he would have been great writing cheap novels. You know, like cheap mysteries. He would have been a great writer for like just he if have he- a little bit of an affection for. A notable affection for, like, uh, cheap erotic fiction and stuff. He would have been great. We'll see that in Ulysses. Yeah. <laughs> last since oozed forth. Well, this is an end. <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> sluggish and filthy. That's not really <laughs> great erotic fiction uh, writing. But, yeah. Um, that kind of... Well, like, it, it's uh, very visceral, though. I mean... It's ex- yeah. he he's he's very vivid in the way he writes. It's like you can see everything. And like I said, this chapter, the metaphors or the imagery that was it was just very strange. I thought striking, like the goats, okay, and the faces of humans with the um, yeah. shit on their backs. Um, like I've never read that. Ex- I've never read that as a, a. You know, I would never have expected that to be the image of hell. I guess you know, it's an interesting, yeah, out of the blue thing to read all of a sudden. Um, all right, but no, he does confess, and he's better off for it, at least inside of his spirit. Feels way better, yeah. It would be beautiful to die if God so willed. (laughs) Oof. That is a resonant little sentence. (laughs) Beautiful to live in a grace. He feels light of limb. Um, just walking the streets happy. Happy and holy, and he's like looking at the sausages they're going to eat for breakfast, which for some reason are already out. But out, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, life is simple. This is always going to be just as easy as this." <laughs> um, and I thought there was an interesting little uh, inversion when he goes back to church the next day and um, takes the takes the the host. Um, the altar was heaped with fragrant masses of white flowers, and in the morning light, the pale flames of the candles among the white flowers were clear and silent as his own soul. Um, which I thought was, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, for one thing, yeah, we get like, um, as, as against the dark coldness of the, 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 I mean, the dark and cold that are <laughs> mentioned uh, a lot at the beginning, 
definitely, and 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 through uh, when they're talking about health. Um, but yeah, white flowers and pale flames, um, kind of the opposite of that. That was interesting. Uh, that inversion, that inverted simile among the white flowers were clear, or the candles, sorry, the pale flames of the candles among the white flowers were clear and silent as his own soul. Not like, the, the, you know, like like his soul is the is the standard of comparison in that simile there. Oh. Um, as opposed to his soul, soul being like it was as yeah. pure and clear as, as, as a flame. Um, that's an interesting little inversion in that moment. Um, and he takes the, uh, heavenly host again, the, like, uh, bread on the tongue, the, at the end of this chapter, kind of remembering the, you know, prostitute's tongue on his tongue at the end of the last chapter, um, kind of directly, uh, purifying that at the very end here. All right, so I'm going to kind of defend this point of view that he has as a 15-year-old uh, novice here. Be- <laughs> because I think... And I want you to have your say, too. I think that life is full of sin in the sense of I think it's it's hard not to do things that you feel in your heart are against what you should do. Um, and I do think that there is a peace confessing that. And I think doing it at a church mass is peaceful. And I think that uh, it is it is more... Uh, clean it, to to live a more clean, simple life, which I'm not saying I do, but if you do that, I think th- the stretches in which you do that, it is similar like you have experienced eating cleaner. I think you just, you feel better about life, but, um, you know, so I can relate to his feeling there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, how do you, what do you think I about mean, the last... I can last... also, like, relate, uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, having been raised in the church. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I think it's kind of like uh, the a temporary fix to a thing that, you know, um, is kind of caused in the first place. Right. I mean, I mean we don't need to argue about religion. It's, no, it's, not it's, at all. It's, uh, that, that vision of sin, I, I, I would contend, is, yeah, uh, itself kind of a uh, borrow or a, like a... You, in other words, you're, you're, you're putting that you think that the construct is put into his head. As opposed to it being a natural event. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's necessarily a hundred percent. I, I think it's too simple to say. I mean, Freud says that the the we repress ourselves first. We learn how to be repressed by others by repressing ourselves. Um, we're the first people to do that. Um, but yeah, this. I mean, if we're talking about like this specifics and the the specific like very detailed sexual ethics of the catholic church um mm-hmm. i think that that is a specifically like yeah that's a pamphlet you get when you're 12 mm-hmm. um but i mean i i i would say just we don't, we don't need to go too far into it but i mean i would say that the uh, it's not necessarily like you're only taught like the only source of 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 the knowledge of guilt and sin is, is from Church, externally. Right. I agree. Um, because I, I think that resonates something inside of, you know, a person uh, that he or she well, or they in our, are repressing themselves. Well, but, but, so, but you do think you can do things that are bad and wrong. That's what you're saying. But you're saying the... Yeah. Dis- the okay. Yeah. So I want to give an example that I... He, he, this specific system where yeah. jerking off... I got you. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if any 13 year old would come up with that on his own. I mean, maybe they would. I, I heard a story of like a 14 year old who found out her mother was having sex and like threatened to emancipate herself. <laughs> she was like, she was like, That's, you should only be having sex to have kids. And it's like, whoa, we got a lot to, <laughs> you got to ease up on that. Just <laughs> <laughs> a stupid other. Well, going away from the sexual sin, because I'm trying to find it, but he talks about a lot of them, a lot of sins that... Yeah, it lies, mismatches. Do you have a page on that? I mean, I think the other ones are venial. Yeah. Uh, our, our pages have definitely diverged. Oh, okay, okay. No, no matter, but I wanted to give an example of our culture, or at least how I perceive our culture versus this culture, which both have their problems, okay? But... For example, gluttony. You know, I've I've been witness to what I consider to be a shift 
in the opinion in our culture about obesity and overeating. I think people have have come to excuse it as as being okay and being uh, an acceptable like almost like a status, okay? Like fat positivity. Yes, more than that, but exactly. Like that in other words, you know, that's the opposite really of of well, in a, in a, in a way it's the opposite of what we're reading about here, right? I, and I think it's wrong, just as wrong as telling a 15-year-old not to jerk off. Because it's like, you should know inside of yourself, you can literally see what you're doing to yourself. And it's wrong. And it's wrong inherently. Uh, it's not wrong because the Catholic Church tells you it is. You know, they may have a different reason. I mean, but. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some people who are, nat- it's naturally harder. They're, on a, they're you know. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, I'm trying to give an example there are of who have glandular issues and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> Nash, don't be one of those I mean, people. Yeah, that's true. I agree yeah. with that, but I'm trying. Uh, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking what you're about is that people are trying to like, you know, un, un, unleaven the guilt out of. Yes, yes. I think the guilt is natural, yeah. and we're 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 yeah we're pushing it away when it should be like it. It serves a good purpose. It keeps you in in that aspect. It keeps you healthier. If you have guilt for doing but it, there are some people for whom, like the guilt itself, just makes it harder to not overeat. Like, like some. Um, well, maybe I. I <laughs> not exactly talking from like a uh, uh, experienced person's perspective, <laughs> um, but I think from from, from second to third hand accounts, um, just like the the mountains of guilt. Some some people are motivated by that and will like change will like you know start eating clean uh because they feel guilty um i think some people will just they feel shitty so they act shitty Mm -hmm. um or they feel shitty so they eat shitty in this case specifically um and yeah it just just as like a general I, i don't know as a society what our position should be um, well, I would say that I think it's more straightforward to blame the individual. I mean, in other words, it's your responsibility. But anyway, I, I just think that I just think we're shifted. We've shifted very far from where Joyce was when he got resentful against the Catholic Church, you know, and I, I think there's merits to both. I think you should be empathetic and understanding and explain things on an individual level and, and have more empathy and grace towards people, but also maybe it serves a purpose to have a society that, you know, lives within side certain rules, you know. So I don't know. That's that was just something I thought of. It's maybe totally not relevant to this chapter, except insofar as I was thinking about um, it. I mean, yeah, the, the, the adjacent to it, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I guess that's inevitably going to come up with such a religious chapter. Uh, Exactly. Um, it's very hard to yeah, relate. The reading of the chapter is very much colored by mm-hmm. your experience. More so than I think like the first chapter or the second chapter, really. I agree um, with that. Especially because there's no... A lot of kids have been sick or whatever. Or <laughs> been afraid of adults. Yeah. There's no, there's no comparison to not having experienced that. Because you don't have the language to understand, yeah. you know what what yeah. Joyce is hearing and what, how that affects him. Yeah. So I guess, I guess pulling it back is, yeah, there's not like an ambient culture, like the same kind of ambient cultural knowledge of guilt or cultural vocabulary of guilt or emotional vocabulary of guilt um, that just like, you know, some of my friends at UNC would necessarily be able to pick up chapter three and be like, oh yeah, I, well, it's a great chapter, yeah, no matter what happens next, because it's guilt. it's obviously a springboard to to the next part of his life. So it'll be very interesting yeah. to see what he does after this, because he's on board. He's like on the train, the Catholic train, choo choo. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a point I want to make about Joyce in general, about how. Uh, as opposed to a lot of, like, auto-fiction, as opposed to a lot of, like, um, uh, what people think of when they think of Joyce and, and the difficulty of Joyce. And one of the reasons I think 
people who haven't read Joyce won't read Joyce because they kind of like imagine we're just like getting absentmindedly lost in somebody's head um, and it's not going anywhere or doing anything. But like Joyce is a very propulsive writer. This whole book is about like growth and that, you know, fetal from, from fetus to, to artist, um, that kind of uh, gestation. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's propulsive. It's, you know, one thing leads to the next. It's not just, here's a chapter of Leopold Bloom walking around Dublin. Here's another chapter where Leopold Bloom is walking around Dublin. It's like, it's going places. Um, I, I am pro- like distinctly from one to another to another. That's a great right? point. Propulsive was a good word. I was going to say, I, I, before reading Joyce, I did not expect to feel very, uh, I didn't expect to be feel convicted that he was such a great writer. Like he mm. feels like a a colossus of a writer when you read him. I don't. And it's just so good, and I did not expect to feel that way, um, without any ambivalence, I guess, because I expected it to be oh, rambling and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll see yeah. how I feel about the next few books. But uh, yeah. extremely strong writer. I mean, I I don't think I mean. I've never, I've rarely read someone that, that, that strong. Um, it just feels like everything yeah. is on purpose and I, that's a rare thing to read in a book. I feel Oh like. yeah. Every word, um, I mean, that's, that's the famous Joyce thing is that like every word is, is, is combed over and. Right. Which is kind of, kind of what I meant when I said he would have been a great, like he, he forfeited the opportunity to write dozens of, uh, cheap novels that I could have enjoyed. <laughs> Right. You know? Well, yeah, I imagine his, his, his like, uh, cheap mystery novel would have been, you know, taken him 15 years to write <laughs> and spent 800 pages. I would have, I would have read that. I would have read the fuck out of that. Um, his, like, pulp fiction kind of, uh, uh yeah, <laughs> some salacious piece of writing. I would, yeah, that would have been. Great. All right. Well, I'm excited to find out what happens next for sure. Yeah. Faux um, show. Chapter four for next week. Was there a particular reason? There's probably not that he didn't name the chapters. You probably don't know that, do you? I'm not that I'm against. It. I'm all for uh, number. That's what I do. I number the chapters. Yeah, I think it was just uh, that would be like, uh, yeah, just over information. Okay. <laughs> um. Because, yeah, that, that, that's also, even even in, like, chapters that are, or in Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake, where the chapters are even more, like, thematically focused, they'll still just be, like, one, two, three. Um, yeah. Uh, that is that is a, a decision he made and a decision that he, he keeps making. Kind of like how life doesn't have titles. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I just thought about something. I guess I've been I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, and I guess you have to title nonfiction, right? Maybe that's where my head was. Well, if you have a nonfiction book about history or something, you kind of have to title chapter. the chapter, or no one knows what the hell you're talking about. I don't know, unless it's sequential and it's kind of like nineteen forty one to nineteen forty five. I don't. Well, I guess I guess most I guess a lot of the nonfiction. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, autobiographies will sometimes just have, like, True. at most, like, Elman is just, like, dates. Oh, okay. Uh, the George right. Elman is mostly just 1909, 1910. Um, yeah, that, then you're, you're not really, uh, again, thematically focused. You're not as, as, as concentrated on, on some broad or... And it know, doesn't give you any hint, it doesn't give you any hint about what's coming up, so... Right. Yeah. Kind of like life. You never know what's going to come up. 